welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Thursday morning here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. You're tuned in because you want to get these winners. You want these locks, and they come, as they always do, from the picks game. Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli, Chip Patterson right here. Gentlemen, this is a week five where we have some conference play. We've got some weird non-conference games, and our confidence in these picks, I'm sure, is as high as it's always been. Oh, Not yeah. this week. Not this week. I am not a fan of this week's lineup. I uh, this is I had to scrape and claw to get four games this week. Um, yeah, I, I was writing pick six on Wednesday night, and I was just like, man, I I do not like any of this. Yeah, Barton is uh, congratulations, of course, uh, Barton. Uh, welcome back to the pick show. You went two and two uh, on the picks that you were unable to defend. And uh, and props because I was behind your back, not loving your Arizona State plus sixteen. Arizona State, of course, and straight up winner. You also hit on Stanford, missed on Arkansas, missed on Florida State. Uh, you remain plus seven for the season. Tom, you hit on Utah, but Oklahoma State TCU under negative. Auburn at Missouri under. Negative. Almerda almost covered that uh, themselves. You drop from plus three to plus two. Chip hits on UCF plus three and a half. Misses on Oklahoma State and Air Force. And then hits on the Syracuse Orange, remaining minus four on the season. Oh, so this is the first week of the year where the syndicate did not make you money. (laughs) <laughs> if you played all of our picks, do we? Does that? Let me. Did I get that right? Are we down? Were we down one collectively? On Collect the week? collectively down one. Oof. Well, we got to bounce back this week. We the, should be fired. The late, the late <laughs> scratch of Iowa could have kept us five hundred. I know. I know. Did you? Who did? You were going to put Iowa too, weren't you, Chip? No. Or, I was, or is that just me? I was commenting that I was keeping Iowa as my expert pick, even though I was thinking I would not make it a lock. That uh, just knowing that Penn State was too potentially dangerous to like, yeah. like I, I imagined uh, Penn State running the clock out in a game that they had dominated thoroughly, and Saquon Barkley like breaks loose on a halfback dive for a forty-yard touchdown run to cover the spread. Yeah, I I had that game kind of pegged well. I wrote a story about it being a trap game. I had it initially in my email to you guys for my picks, and I just I just was. I was a sissy. I just got scared. The big guns for Penn State scared me, and uh, I should have stuck with my instincts. But it is what it is. We'll 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 get it this week. Oh <laughs> uh, man, the uh, the the emotion, all the emotion in your house make, making you a little <laughs> bit soft. <laughs> a lot of hormones in this house right now. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, Barton, man, uh, you are the leader. You've got the honors on the tee box. Lead us off. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. 
You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. Yeah. Oh, okay. First game that I kind of like, but don't love, but have to pick one is at Kroger Field. Oh boy. Kentucky uh, is given 14 to Eastern Michigan. I am taking the dog in this one to cover <laughs> 14. Um, Look, I, I do think Kentucky is a good football team. I think Kentucky is – I think that they are – they know what they are, and that's a really good defensive team with a really good run game, and they should have beaten Florida, and they're a better team than Florida probably right now anyways. But that was a pretty devastating loss and a pretty emotional loss, and – now they have to sort of regroup, and they've got Eastern Michigan coming to town, and that's a MAC team that at one you know isn't too far removed from having like the nation's longest losing streak, and there's just it's gonna be it's hard for me to envision them getting up for this game. I think this is a all right. Let's get through this one and get into the SEC slate, and yet Eastern Michigan is a pretty good football team like a, a lot better team than people realize they, they beat Rutgers at, at Rutgers um, not that that's any huge accomplishment <laughs> but they they've they've been they've 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 won against a power five opponent already um, and I just don't think this is going to be a super high scoring affair if Kentucky wins it, it I think I mean I do think they'll win it but I think they win it by you know 10 13 points and Eastern Michigan gets out of there with a with a cover. I love it. Eastern Michigan, man. They uh it's that's still wait. Yeah, Eastern Michigan's Chris Creighton or no? Yeah. Uh, is that the co- yeah, he's good. I know that much. Yeah. I forget what his name is. Yeah. Um yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Classic letdown spot. And um, you know, anytime that Mark Stoops announces that now uh, he's going to have two staff members responsible for making sure wide receivers are covered. Then uh, someone yeah. else. What is were not- those staff members <laughs> doing before the wide receiver duties? How? Like, there's, like where, where, where are they now losing out on a, a on, on manpower um, to have to to have to just make sure they don't, you know, leave receivers wide open? Um, yeah, I, I like this. Uh, I like this spot, I guess, for Eastern Michigan. Dude. Yeah, K- Kentucky was going to go with a turnover can, but now they need a wide receiver or a cornerback coach <laughs> to make sure people are covering. Yeah, two of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they got the uh, the outright win at Rutgers. They covered fourteen against Charlotte. Eastern Michigan, Barton's pick to cover fourteen. Tom, first lock. Uh, my first lock of the week. We're going to switch things up based on Barton's pick. Also takes place at Kroger, but it's a it's an aisle over. I'm I'm taking Eastern Michigan at Kentucky under 50 <laughs> for a lot of the same reasons Barton was just talking about. But another one, just another trend here. Eastern Michigan's last six games have been unders. The last time they played in a game that hit the over was November 8th, 2016. Before that game, three more unders. Eastern Michigan loves unders. And this is a Kentucky team that, like, Barton just talked about. I don't expect the Wildcats to come out in this game all super happy and excited and ready to put up a whole bunch of points because, first of all, I just don't think that's this team's identity. I think, you know, it's run the ball, 
play solid defense. And I think that's the kind of game we're going to see on Saturday between these two teams versus Eastern Michigan. I don't know. I love Brogan Roback. Not as much as I love saying his name. But I just don't think Eastern Michigan is going to put a lot of points on the board. And I don't think Kentucky is going to be all that super interested in playing this game. So I see a low scoring affair and I see the under 50 coming through pretty easily. But of course, as we've discussed, this pick is null and void if Kentucky just decides it's going to stop covering cornerbacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, your, your pick is really helped by by these new, these new coaches. I kind of like your under, uh, maybe even better than my 14. But I'll stick with I'll stick with Eastern Michigan. But I, I like that pick. That's a, yeah. I think I think they're both good. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's uh, let's keep it in the SEC. My first lock. Uh, little nine nine p.m. Eastern time, eight p.m. Central. We got Alabama, Ole Miss. I'm going over fifty nine. And the key operative here is not you know Damian Harris. It's not. Tua Tagovailoa, who could come in and continue to throw uh, touchdown passes in garbage time. But it's also Phil Longo, the Ole Miss offensive coordinator from Sam Houston State, who I think was Shea Patterson. While I don't expect this to be a game, I feel much more confident in the fact that we might be able to catch like a a 49-21 to 21 type result uh, than we would necessarily Ole Miss being able to come kick in the back door so I think I took Alabama in our expert picks but I'm feeling real good uh, that between the two of them with Ole Miss having a bad defense uh, an up-tempo offense uh, I'll take uh, I'll take over 59 and uh, and hope that I might get that back door over kicked in by Phil Longo and Shea Patterson Chip I'm I, I that is also one of my picks uh, 59 too I, low right yeah, I mean, I could see a scenario. First of all, I think Ole Miss is gonna, or I think Alabama is gonna be able to score whatever they want to score, um, mm-hmm. and and I think they'll want to score a lot because Ole Miss has has beaten them in the past. I think I think Nick Saban even had a quote this week. I saw somewhere that he said like, you know, um, it's a great motivator to play someone that quietly thinks they've got your number or something like that, which is. I'm gonna have to find out, find like the audio of that. But I saw that tweeted, and that that sounds like uh, uh, <laughs> that they're trying to get motivated for this game. Um, and if they're motivated, and this is a home game, then I just feel like that this is. Um, I mean, I just don't see Ole Miss stopping them. And on the flip side, I don't know that I think Ole Miss is capable of 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 mounting a lot of. Dr- drives against Alabama of consistently scoring points against Alabama but what Ole Miss has is a loaded wide receiving core and a quarterback that is mobile with a big arm there's going to be a big player too um Van Jefferson AJ Brown somebody's going to get loose in the secondary just hit a big one Shea Patterson's going to get a big play maybe Shea Patterson gets a little bit over anxious and throws a pick six, all that stuff's going to help the over. I just feel like, um, like you, Chip, I did take Alabama um, on the side, but I, I feel more confident in the over hitting on this one. Um, this is just a game that typically has some fireworks. And a great game to root for late as, as the, as the night's winding down, rooting, rooting for an over as things are, uh, as thing as things are wrapping up, 
That's that to me is way more. I know that Tom. I know I know you. You've loved the unders, and I've got another under coming your way uh, here in a little bit. But like late, give give me unders in the noon slates and rooting for <laughs> overs in the night games. No, I see, Chip. You want to take unders in Pac-12 after dark too. That's well, that's just because the, the, most. the odds. Is that, is that like the hipster pick now? Like the like Pac-12 after dark unders. Because that's because that's because the 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 pop play is the Pac-12 after dark overs. So, uh, the, the is now are, are the unders hitting now? It's just the number gets so ridiculously high. It's like every game in any game that starts after ten Eastern in a Pac-12, the under the the number has to be at least seventy-two. I think that's a new <laughs> rule in Vegas. <laughs> so it's like based on principle alone you want to go with the under more often than not but no it's i like the under in this game too simply because i feel like you know alabama's scoring at least 45 points in this game on itself and old miss with its offense i i just have a sense that maybe it gives alabama trouble for the first quarter maybe the first half and old miss gets a couple touchdowns on the board and then they go in the locker room Saban figures it out, makes the adjustments, and they come out in the second half and just completely stop it. But I think the Rebels will get some offense going in that first half and enough to get to the over here because, like you guys both said, Alabama's pretty much going to score however many points it feels like scoring in this game because Ole Miss defense is bad. Bad. And, and the, the one other thing I'll say about this over that I, the, is if when Alabama gets loose and starts to run the score up here, which I think is a very real possibility, there's going to be a, a – a, a instinct from Ole Miss to to throw in the towel, to check out. What are they playing for anyways? But I do think Shea Patterson at the quarterback position is one of the most competitive guys you're going to find anywhere. I just think he's going to be probing, chipping away, fourth quarter. Like He's going to be trying to get some points on the board no matter what the score is. So I, I could see a backdoor over hitting um with uh if there's such a thing as a backdoor over uh with uh with just a late late score by by patterson um all right does anybody have a virginia tech clemson pick not a lock not a lock but we've we've got thoughts we've got thoughts all right tom lead us off uh i you know this i'm going with clemson i was sitting there staring at this line when i I had to include it in pick six this week and i was just like man there's I feel like Vegas kind of nailed this one. But in the end, I, I'm going with Clemson just because Josh Jackson, freshman quarterback, in what is easily the biggest game of his career to this point. And yes, it's at home and it's a night game and Lane Stadium is going to be insane. It's just a freshman QB against this Clemson defense. At some point, he's going to make a mistake, and I feel like that mistake is probably going to be the difference. The hook scares the hell out of me on this, that the seven and a half. I wish it was six and a half, but I think it's far more likely that Clemson wins this one by 10 points or so than it is that Virginia Tech's going to hang around for all 60 minutes. So I'm going with the Tigers on the road this week. I think last week against Boston College, they slept walk for three quarters, but it wasn't all that unexpected. You know, coming off a huge win against Louisville and then having Virginia Tech awaiting in a week, it's hard to take Boston College too seriously when you're Clemson. And I think we saw that for three quarters last week before they finally woke up and said, okay, let's just actually play this fourth quarter. And then they buried them. So I like Clemson this week against the Hokies. Ooh. What do you, what's your thought on this Barton? So I, I took Virginia tech, um, catching seven and a half. I, I got Clemson winning, but I think Virginia tech covers. Nah, I don't feel great about it, but 
that's the side I'm on. And I guess the way I look at it is, so Clemson's had some tests so far, uh, but Auburn at home was a, they're never going to score on us. We're going to keep it close to the vest and just, just get out of here with a win. Louisville on the road, tough atmosphere, but Louisville is, is just not a team that has the horses right now to compete with Clemson. And the Cards' defense is not good. No, it's not good. So I, don't, I think ultimately that's not quite the test it was made out to be. And I think if you look at the rest of this schedule, at NC State might be tricky. Certainly Florida State has potential to be a tough game. But I don't see any game on this schedule – that is as difficult as this as this spot at Virginia Tech Lane Stadium at night Virginia Tech has not I mean other than that opening week game against West Virginia they haven't really had to be tested this is they could have been preparing this for the last month and and I think that they will be ready I think this defense is going to give Clemson some trouble and I just think if you look at Clemson's schedule are they only going to have one game that's a are they, are they not going are they going to go undefeated which is is if you think about it i mean while they look like they're going to go undefeated like that's sort of probably more likely that they do lose at some point and b even if they go undefeated are they only going to have one game all year that's a one score game and if that's the case if there's if there's a if there's a second game in this season that's more than a one score game what better opportunity is it than this Lane Stadium, Virginia Tech, Bud Foster defense, Josh Jackson at quarterback who's looked really good so far this year, uh, Justin Fuente, really good coach. All those factors just tell me that this isn't a, a spot that Virginia Tech, I think, has a chance to play really well. I'm going to take a home dog with some points on a night game. Dude, so I think uh, I hear you about Josh Jackson. And I think that the most interesting matchup here – is going to be Justin Fuente against Brent Venables. Because when these two teams played in the ACC championship game, I think it was, I think it has been overlooked how close that game was. Because Virginia Tech got the ball at its own 41 with like four minutes left to play, drove all the way into the Clemson red zone, down seven, trying to get the game tying touchdown, and then Gerard Evans threw a pick. And like, then Clemson, I think the interception was with like a minute 11 left. And that was it. But, like, what Fuente was able to do, and, yes, there's, like, they did have Isaiah Ford. They had Bucky Hodges. Like, there were a few skill players that have been turned over. But he, he schemed that Clemson defensive line, one of the best defensive lines in the country. You know, there was still Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence on that group. He kind of schemed them out of the game. And like you said, Barton, if they've been working on this game plan for a while now – I, I kind of see this being a spot where watching the chess match between Fuente, who does a lot of creative stuff to spread the ball around, plus he's got Cam Phillips, who's just kind of a ridiculous wide receiver. I, I think he's going to have Virginia Tech in this. Uh, ultimately, like I picked Clemson as my straight-up winner. Just, I don't know, because I think Clemson's like the better team. But with the seven and the hook, I just... Plus, also... If this is a close game, guess who lost their three-year starting kicker for the season? The Clemson Tigers. 
They got that. Oh, no. The A man, that recently promoted walk-on who only has like four kickoffs in his career is uh, is going to be in a very hot spot if he's if he's got to be kicking under pressure uh, at, on Saturday night in Lane Stadium. So uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie before, but that just means he's a lock. That no, is that, <laughs> he's that, like the Rudy of kickers. Okay, <laughs> he spent his whole life dreaming of kicking for Clemson. One day, he had to walk on, and now finally he's got his chance at Lane Stadium at night with the team up by six, and he's going to kick the field goal to get him the cover with a minute left to go. He actually got he he got a scholarship prior to this season because he had a high GPA. So what did he do? <laughs> Wow! If if you can get uh, if you can get an A, you can kick a field goal, my friend. Yeah, there you go. I I'm, I'm, I think this game will be awesome. I'm very very excited yeah. about it. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. A good one to go back and review too for both teams because they're probably they could meet again in the ACC championship game. Um, all right. Does anybody have a Mississippi State Auburn lock? No. See, these <laughs> these good games have awful lines. I'm with you. I don't either. These good games have awful lines. This is hey. a this is a tough one for me because it's it is a game between two of my like kind of pet favorite teams. Like I before the season was really high on Mississippi State, I picked them to beat LSU. I then doubled down and picked them to beat Georgia. They they obviously weren't up for that task. And and so I'm sort of torn between how how good this team really is. I mean, I think Georgia is is that good defensively at least, but that Auburn is that good defensively too. Um and so with it being on the road, I think if this game was at home, it'd be a little different. I'd be a little more optimistic about Mississippi State. But I think Auburn has figured some things out. Um I think Auburn offensively is a very different team with Carryon Johnson. I think that they are much tougher to defend in both the run game and the pass game uh, because of, of I mean, in the pass game because of the threat running the football. Um, and I just think if I like Auburn to win this game, <clears throat> and I just think it's gonna. I think the line is right. I think that just feels. I think I picked Mississippi State to cover, just because again, two good teams, and I'm going to pick a. I'm just going to say it's going to be less than a ten point game, but I don't have a great feel. I think this is going to be another very telling game, and I think I, I could absolutely see Auburn having a Georgia type showing, and then all of a sudden we start talking about them again as a real legitimate threat in the West. So I'm I'm very torn on this matchup. I feel like Mississippi State might run out of gas. This has been it's been a pretty brutal stretch and you're catching Mississippi State at the end of it after the high of beating LSU, the low of having Georgia run all over you. You're going into Jordan Hare Stadium against an Auburn team that seems to be peaking at the right time too, like you said, Barton, uh, make us all excited before they get blown out by Alabama in late November. Tom? Well, the good news is I think Mississippi State took its foot off the gas last week, so maybe there's still some maybe fuel there's in that tank. <laughs> um, no, I just I, I took Mississippi State to cover as I I just feel like you know they aren't as Mississippi State's not as good as a lot of people thought it was after it beat LSU by thirty, and I don't think it's as bad as some people might think after it lost by twenty eight to Georgia last week. I I 
I still think this is a solid team. I still think it's a good SEC West team. And on the other side, Auburn, you know, it seemed to work out a lot of kinks on offense last week against Mizzou, but like I just said, it was playing Mizzou. I mean, Missouri State scored like 45 points against Mizzou, so Auburn scoring 51 points against it. I don't know if that convinces me that things are okay now on offense, and I just feel like I still remember seeing Auburn struggle offensively against Mercer. I still remember Auburn struggling on offense against Clemson. And this is a Mississippi State team that's defensive line played really well against LSU a few weeks ago. And then last week, the Georgia offensive line was just magnificent. Like, kiss your fingers good. So I, I just, I don't have the same kind of faith in the Auburn offensive line. So I see this being kind of a lower scoring type of affair and I don't I don't know what the over under is on top of my hat but I would I lean towards the under right off the beginning but in that kind of case when I'm expecting more of a defensive struggle than a back and forth affair if you're going to give me nine and a half points that's the direction I'm going to go I'm uh go ahead Barton are you going to talk about carry on yeah I would just say I would just say this you mentioned how they struggle against Clemson and Mercer and the only two games on Johnson has played in, they hit for 41 and 51 points. And I don't think that that's, in, I don't think that that's coincidental. I think if he really changes what they look like offensively, and I mean, I say this after picking Mississippi State, but I, I don't feel great about that pick. In some ways, I'm more confident in Auburn. I just have, I just have a really bad feel on this game. I guess I'm more bullish on Auburn long term. The Mississippi State, and it's just a matter of whether Auburn has has truly hit a a springboard if they've truly are about to take off, or whether that Missouri game was just sort of a anomaly. Um, we'll know. I mean, this will be. Yeah, it. we'll find out this weekend. Yeah, I, I get that. Carry on makes the offense better, but it's just those games where they hit for fifty one and forty one also came against Georgia Southern and Mizzou, two teams sure. who feature prominently in the bottom twenty five this week. Tom knows those bad teams. No one yeah. knows the no one knows the worst teams in college football quite like Tom Fernelli. Tom, give us your next lock. Uh, my next lock of the week, kind of a going against the grain here type thing, off based off what happened last week. I'm taking Oklahoma State minus nine and a half at Texas Tech. Mm, I like this. It. Is that line originally opened at like Oklahoma State minus twelve and a half? and was quickly bet down to nine and a half by what I believe was people overreacting to what they saw against TCU last week. And yes, TCU's defense was able to keep a lid on Oklahoma State's offense and slow it down. But last I checked, Texas Tech does not quite play defense on the same level as a Gary Patterson team. In fact, Texas Tech generally doesn't play defense so I just feel like this is a situation where Oklahoma State you know Mason Rudolph James Washington everybody's going to get rolling again this week against Texas Tech and while the Red Raiders obviously could put up points themselves I still think that Oklahoma State is just a level above the Raiders and I think that they should cover this one I I don't think they're going to blow them out but I definitely think it's going to be about a two-score victory I'm fascinated by this game because you are coming off of a tough home loss to TCU that may have effectively knocked you out of the national title picture. Um, I mean, there's, they can get work themselves back in, but that's a, that takes, that's a blow to their playoff hopes. And now you've got to go to Lubbock Whee! at night and, 
and you better strap it on because you know Texas Tech is going to score points. Um, that said, and and look, I think Texas Tech too is is they seem to be better than we would have expected. Like I don't know that we would have come into this game preseason expecting Texas Tech to be three and zero. They beat an Arizona t- State team that is better than people. Realize, I mean, Arizona State's only losses are to what Texas Tech and, and San Diego State. To San Diego State's clearly good, um, and then they beat Oregon last week. So that's not a bad win at Houston. Certainly is a quality win, and and particularly in the way they did, did it, um, you know, limiting Houston to 24 points. So I'm I'm fascinated. I'm intrigued. I'm, I want to see how good this Texas Tech team is. All that said. I grew, I'm also on the Oklahoma State side because I think what what TCU was able to do was limit Oklahoma State's big plays. They were going to make them drive the field. They were going to make them dig a dunk, run the football. They were just going to go two, three deep and 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 not let those guys beat them vertically. And I don't know that I've ever seen a Texas Tech team be able to do that. Like the the Texas Tech is just there. It's just ingrained them to have shootouts. And if you're going to get in a shootout with Oklahoma State, good freaking luck. And so because of that, I'm also on the Oklahoma State side, but I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in what this game is going to look like. I think that uh, I think Texas Tech will be able to get an interception or two. Count, count me down for thinking that Texas Tech's going to make this weird. Oklahoma State might cover, definitely could cover, but I think in the third quarter this thing's going to be tight. Third. This is going to be a game where, like, you're watching Virginia Tech Clemson and you see the score pop up, and it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> Texas Tech just cut this one to, to six with with <laughs> ten minutes to go in the fourth, and then you know, and then Oklahoma State still ends up winning by sixteen or something. But uh, but yeah, I, 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 there's definitely going to be some eyebrow eye raising moments on the score tracker. All right, so Barton Scott, Eastern Michigan plus fourteen, Bama Ole Miss over fifty nine. Tom's got Eastern Michigan, Kentucky under 50, Oklahoma State minus nine and a half. I'm in for Bama Ole Miss over 59. And I'm going to take the lessons that I learned from watching uh, Houston, Texas Tech, and the lessons that I learned from watching Temple, South Florida. And I'm going Houston Temple, noon kickoff, under 46 and a half. (laughs) Temple's offense is bad yes oh my god houston slightly bad houston looked very pedestrian against texas tech i think this one's a sleep i might have to you know i'm a little bit nervous you know kyle allen could get loose late in the game i might end up losing this in the fourth quarter but my my unders have been cashing for the houston's and temples i think that uh i think i'll take this I'll take I'll take under forty six and a half in this yeah, uh, a- action. I'm I'm with you. I, I think you know you mentioned how bad Temple's offense is. Houston's offense really hasn't been much better. Like we we talked about in the last game, Texas Tech holding Houston to twenty four points last week, but I feel like Houston held it up to twenty four points. And then Houston, this is the same Houston team that only managed to score nineteen against Arizona. I, I don't know what's happened. I guess Tom Herman took the entire playbook with him to Texas and didn't leave any plays behind or what. But from what I've seen of the Cougars this year, the offense is just kind of plotting and not exactly explosive. And Temple's offense is just 
Ugh. Yeah. So no, I I like the under there too. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, that's a. I, I didn't uh, I didn't think about that play, but I like it. It's um, I mean that that Temple offense last week was the like I I, I picked Temple in that game, just sort of a surely you know an AAC matchup that that could be tricky for USF the win, but um, but oh my goodness, that was. The ugliest, nastiest, most disgusting offense I've seen in a long time. Uh, so yeah, they're, I'm, I'm I'm down to play unders against Temple all week, all season long. That might be that might be it. That might be the one to uh, keep coming back to. All right, uh, Barton, to you. All right, all right, all right. So I did. I'm on. I'm on a at least a two week run here, fading Oregon, and I'm one and one doing it i lost the wyoming pick i won the arizona uh, the arizona state pick i'm gonna i'm gonna run it back again i'm gonna run it back with cal getting 13 and a half uh against oregon i just think uh, this this is another one where i i think oregon probably wins the game it's at home um but let's just look at like these two teams resume Oregon beat Southern Utah, a bad Nebraska team, a horrible Wyoming team, which we've since we've since learned, and lost Arizona State. Meanwhile, Cal has gone across the country in the morning and beaten North Carolina, Weir State, whatever. They beat Ole Miss, and they really gave a beaten-up USC team trouble and may have won that game if not for six turnovers. Uh, and so... To me, that's those are teams with fairly similar resumes, and yet somehow Oregon is is almost a two touchdown favorite in this game. I just still think there's overvalue at, at Oregon. I still think that you know people are enamored by that forty two point first half against Nebraska and the you know the ability for them to score quickly and sort of the flash. And and but they're still very young, and they still haven't really put together second halves, and they still are playing a Cal team that seems to be one of the better coaching hires in college football, and Justin Wilcox, um, you know, in terms of this this past cycle. Yeah, no, 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 um, I, I like it. I haven't done the like mid season go back and grade all the first year coaches, but Wilcox is definitely going to be near the top of that list. So I, I just think if if Cal comes out and continues to play good defense, which they've done, and if they if they just take care of the football, uh, I just I don't see why that we expect Oregon to to run this one up and and win by fourteen plus. Um, I think it's a good game, a close game. I think Oregon probably still wins it, but I would not be surprised to see Cal win it either. I think Cal's is it's time for us. Everyone had Cal just locked into the the seller of the Pac-12 North, and I just think it's time for us to maybe recognize that Cal might not be that bad. They might not be lucking into these wins and, and these close efforts. They may be a decent football team, and uh, I think that they they keep it close this weekend against Oregon at the very least. All right, Tom. I do. You got any thoughts on that? I like it, by the way. But Tom, you got any takes? I I would take Cal on the two touchdowns they want to give me. Yeah, 
right. <laughs> I, 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 Oregon, like what Barton was speaking of earlier, it's it hasn't done anything. Like, you know, it looked great for that first half against Nebraska, and then it nearly threw that all away. Last week against Arizona State, I was, you know, watching that one on Saturday night, and it was just, it looked a lot more like the Oregon team we saw last year than I thought maybe we'd seen, you know, starting the season with started had gotten off to, but there were a lot of the same flaws that existed in that team last year that I saw on Saturday night. And Cal, man, even in that loss to USC, even when you didn't really feel like it had any kind of real shot of winning that game, it was still in that game the entire time. And it was still probably one of the tougher tests. I think USC's had all year, dude, if not for four interceptions, Cal could have won that game. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, all right, Tom, hit me with the lock. My final lock of the week. Oh, come on, is... man. You got to build your, build your list out. These three I don't picks. Have, I don't have to build nothing out. All, all right. right? <laughs> Mr. What are you negative four with your five picks a week? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, mine is Baylor plus 17 I like at it. Kansas state. I mean, this was one of the, like we were talking about at the start going through the lines this week, there weren't really a ton that kind of stood out as like a, you know, Oh wow. I got to get on that. This is probably the one that as I was going through, I was just like, huh? I mean, did, did people not see Baylor last week against Oklahoma? Did, did they not see how well Baylor played against Oklahoma, a team that is no offense to Kansas State, but much better than Kansas State? And I understand that the game is in Manhattan and not at home like last week's game was, but this is also a Kansas State team that went on the road and lost 14-7 to to Vandy, and then Vandy went out and got beat by 59 against Alabama. So I don't know how good this Kansas State team really is. And even if I think it's probably going to win this game against Baylor, Baylor's 0-4 has not been blown out in any game. It's a team that hasn't won, but it's not a bad team that's getting its butt kicked every week. It's in every game it's played. So I saw this line and said 17 points. That just seems incredibly large for me, and I feel like Baylor can cover this one with ease. I like that. I didn't. I didn't even really think about this game for some reason. I don't know why I skimmed over it, but that's a. I agree with you. That's a. That's an inordinate number, and given given my my love affair with Matt Rule, uh, I I would be certainly behind that one too. 17 points. Yeah, take that and run. Will Baylor be patient enough for those slow developing quarterback draws? Nobody runs a slower quarterback draw <laughs> than Kansas State. It's like Ertz gets the snap, he sits back there, he listens to a couple of like late era Led Zeppelin tunes, and then he finally follows his guards up the middle. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on third and 12 when he does it. Yeah, Kansas, <laughs> Kansas State ain't blowing anybody out. This Kansas State team can win eight games or nine games. I don't. I mean, unless they get a whole bunch of defensive touchdowns, it just doesn't feel like their MO right now. It doesn't feel like they have enough firepower to blow out a conference opponent, except for Kansas, maybe. Maybe Kansas. Um, maybe. Maybe. All right. Maybe. We got a... Uh, we got to talk about the law of the wolf. The law of the wolf states that after a huge upset victory and or a win over North Carolina, the wolf pack are pretty much a guarantee to come out a little flat in their next game. This has been classic for 
Uh, you know, maybe you get that that home win against Mike Glennon gets the home win against Florida State in 2012. You go out the next weekend and you lose to a Boston College team that would go on to only win one conference game. Um, you know, there's there's been a long history of this in football and men's basketball. And so the law of the wolf plus a strong showing in Baton Rouge and a cash for me on the locks has me taking Syracuse plus 12 on the road, early kickoff in Carter-Finley Stadium. Uh, I don't know if the light has totally come on, but I love the way that Syracuse competed in that spot, and I think that they're uh, they're going to give NC State some troubles. NC State could win this game, but I'm not putting it past them to get upset. But with Syracuse and more than 10 points, I'm going to take the orange. Is, is Does Zeno Babers have a big upset in him this year? Yes. You think he's got one in him? Yes. Because if he's got one in him, this could be a spot. I just I don't know if I'm convinced he's got one in him, but th- this is Eric Dungey yeah, can get I, hot. I mean, that's the thing is like I I like the the quarterback play of Eric Dungey right now. He's a good player. Ah oh, man, this definitely could be it. Let's see where do we have like a woo soundbite for your wolf laws? Your law of the wolf. The law of the wolf. <laughs> I'll put a bunch of echo on that. It'll sound sweet. Let's see. Ooh, Friday the 13th, Clemson coming into the Carrier Dome. That would be a, that would be a beaut. That would be incredible. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that's that's going to be the that's going to be the weird game that Syracuse Syracuse might not win that one, but they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna make some. Uh, they're gonna make the ACC league office real nervous on that Friday night for sure. Um, uh, all right, Barton, back to you. Okay, this is my final lock of the day. Um, this is a little bit of a of a Joe pick, but I can't resist. Memphis UCF. Over 69, my second over of the week. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm just going to settle in, watch this thing, and, uh, and and hope for points. You know, I think US, UCF is probably – I mean, I, they, to me, UCF is potentially the new Oregon – I think I've said this before here, but, like, you guys remember when Oregon under Chip Kelly and you'd watch them and they'd – you know, they'd, they'd have this thing – they'd have a – 30 point line covered by the end of the first quarter and they just they they were just breakneck speed and I think UCF starting to get a little bit of that mojo I I'm not I'm not putting a ton of stock behind the win over Maryland because Maryland's quarterback third string quarterback was playing and they just never really had a chance after Kasim Hill got hurt but I think UCF's legit and I think Memphis's offense is legit and I think Memphis's defense is not and their lowest total of the year in a Memphis game is 66 when they played ULM. The others are they, they, the total at 93 and 75. I think UCF's going to hold up their end of the deal here and score some points. I think Memphis is going to hold up their end of the deal, score some points. Uh, this feels like a 45-35 kind of game. And I just think I'm surprised that the number is a little higher. And I guess maybe Vegas is banking on UCF's defense being pretty good. But I, I think Memphis' offense is good enough. 
to score some points on it. So I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over 69, uh, and expect about 80 points scored in this game. Because mm, Memphis, Memphis will give it up for sure. Yeah, they'll give it up, and they and and a, a lackluster effort last week against Southern Illinois kind of kind of indicates that perhaps that they are looking forward to this week and this game. Um, I kind of lean UCF winning. I guess they're favored by two or three points. Uh, but I, I got to think there's going to be some fireworks regardless. I've got, I think that uh, I think you UCF and USF are in the same division. I think that they might be the two best teams in the American athletic conference. Quite possibly. And also if it, this will either make you feel better or worse, Barton, but that's actually my over of the week in pick six. Good. Because since Memphis, you're, since you're, since you're a, a, a connoisseur of the under, I, I'm glad to hear you're on my over. Yeah, when when I see a total of 69 and I'm going over, that's generally a good side. I mean, <laughs> like you said, Memphis this so far this season is you know it's hit the over in every single game. If you go back to last season, the over is hitting six of their last seven games and eight of their last ten. So this is a team that you know doesn't play a whole lot of defense and gets into a lot of shootouts and I feel like UCF has a very explosive offense too so I agree I feel like this is going to be the first team to get to 45 is going to win yeah that sounds right um all right before we get to my final lock I want to get in the SEC on CBS game of the week which of course you can watch on CBS cbssports.com and CBS mobile apps it is Georgia heading into Knoxville seven and a hook is the line uh guys i got i got the bulldogs winning big here i wasn't gonna make it a lock but i i feel pretty good that uh they're just gonna run the ball right at them and win this thing by 10 to 14 points concur (laughs) i uh i it was last week i think ty duffy wrote something at the athletic it was about home underdogs in sec conference games and I cannot remember what the exact number was, but the lesson that I took away from it was never bet home underdogs in SEC conference games because they rarely ever cover that spread. And I just think last week, Georgia, in that dismantling of Mississippi State, kind of stepped forward as maybe the SEC's only hope as far as consider, you know, like dethroning Alabama. Georgia looks like the only team that could really give Alabama a shot in Tennessee right now. Is at three and one, but man, it is <laughs> ugly, ugly, brutal. Not happy about three and one, and I just feel like they're in a situation. If Georgia jumps out early and gets a nice lead on them, it, it, it's it in Neyland, It's it's probably not going to turn out well for them. All the forces in the gambling universe would point to this being a great opportunity to go Tennessee. Like Georgia coming off a huge win. Tennessee, everyone's quit on them, barely beaten UMass, but yet they're still three and one. Or, or what are they? Undefeated? Uh, and yet they're coming into this game and it's a home game and it's, you know, the, a circle of the wagons opportunity and all, all this stuff. And yet I still can't, I, could, I just can't get behind it. I just can't do it i think georgia's a lot better um they know who they are a lot more and um, i agree with y'all I, I tried to i tried to talk myself into tennessee here i just couldn't i couldn't do it um this is if tennessee wins 
or, or covers even credit to them uh, because I just I, I can't visualize it. Seven and a half seems like a bait. Like it, it's just asking for you to take Tennessee here. Georgia's the better team. Yes. Georgia. Georgia. Dogs. Um, all right. We got Alabama. We got Virginia Tech Clemson. Um, we got Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Can uh, we touch on the we're, – we're, we are talking here on Thursday morning, but can we discuss Thursday night, Friday night games? Because there's some good weeknight games this week. Oh, Friday night combined 8-0 My, between Miami – or two eight combined 8-0 games with Miami, Duke, USC, Washington State. Who you guys have in, uh, in USC, Washington State? Wazoo. USC. Yeah, I got you. I got uh, Washington State too. I think I got and it straight up. I got them to win. Yeah, and and, and I, I this is sort of the same thing for me as um, with my Clemson play picking Virginia Tech to cover, and, and this this goes with the straight up play. Like if if I think USC is 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 not going to be able to go undefeated this year, and if I think that. Um, they're going to trip up at some point. This, to me, looks like probably, with the exception of maybe at Notre Dame, this is the most vulnerable spot. Pullman, Friday night, and they're beat up. They're, 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 they're kind of walking wounded right now. Um, if they survive this game, then I kind of, you know, they, they may be undefeated. They may be a playoff team, but I... I think this is a great opportunity for them to lose and and still maybe make the playoffs and still kind of get things right. But but if they trip up and with a twelve game season with no bye week, I think they do at some point. To me, it 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 seems like an obvious play in some ways and maybe too obvious. But I, I just I just go back to my initial belief that they're not going to be an undefeated team by the end of the season. Yeah, I USC is going to lose at some point this season. They've been their their variance has not like I have not seen uh, I've not seen through four games uh, enough consistency to not think they're going to get got at some point, especially for those reasons that you just mentioned health and no bye week. Um, yeah, give give me Luke Falk who's just been on fire since getting benched. Let's let's light it up. Let's go. Uh, do you think that Duke gets the straight up win against Miami? This one I, I I cannot I don't have a feel for it all. I picked Duke to cover Miami to win just to hedge my bets, but I don't. This is not one I would recommend. Um, I'm curious what y'all's thoughts are. I you know I love uh, Daniel Jones. I, I think Duke is probably a lot better than people realize. I think they're actually relatively legit, but Miami is is certainly got some sleeping giant potential as well. So I I don't know what to think here. I took Duke straight up. Yeah. Uh, Duke hasn't been playing world beaters. I'll give you that. But they do have a top five uh, rushing defense in yards per carry and yards per game. Drew Jordan, freshman, right there on that D-line. That whole D-line's been playing pretty well. Uh, if, if they can contain Mark Walton like that, I don't see – Miami doesn't look that dangerous. Amon Richards has been out with an injury. I Outside of the rushing attack – I don't think that uh, I don't think that Miami is incredibly intimidating offensively and defensively. Their secondary got exposed by Logan Woodside in the Toledo game. 
their secondary is not great, and that's where I think Daniel Jones has himself a game. And uh, and the the eight all the spirits of all eight spirits, one spirit for each of the laterals in the uh, return from two years ago. They're gonna they're gonna be there. Duke fans, Duke fan y'all. Duke fans are hyped for some revenge in this game because remember after that law, Duke was in the top twenty five when they lost. Malik Rozier was in for Brad Kaya in that game, threw for over 250 yards and two touchdowns. And after the eight lateral touchdown return, the bottom fell out for Duke that season. And I think they on- the only game they won after that, they might have won one more regular season game, but they made the postseason at 6-6. Six and six, And like the salvaging bit of the season was that they won the pinstripe bowl against Indiana, and it was their first bowl win since like the 40s. But the whole regular season – after that loss to Miami in 15 was like they they kept getting beat over and over again from like having I don't know something about it was weird I think that things correct for the Blue Devils uh on Friday night in Wallace Wade Stadium may have just talked me into Duke I mean I've already got Duke to cover you may have just talked me into them to win it Plus, where all this FBI stuff is going, Duke might be forced to be like a football school, just like everybody else soon. So this is a huge game. Come on, we we all know that uh, that all all the arrangements at the at the True Blue Bloods are ironclad, not going through the uh, financial advisors that are wearing a wire. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, hey, before we get to any more weird ones, I want to get my last lock on the board. Give me New Mexico State plus seventeen against Arkansas. Arkansas, what? yeah. Oh boy, you you don't you don't want to all of a sudden mess around and uh, throw it into Sherrod Lomax's hands, New Mexico State's <laughs> cornerback who had three interceptions last week. <laughs> Austin Allen's gonna get loose. Like like you need to explain who Sherrod Lomax is to <laughs> us. Come on. <laughs> I got his jersey. I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> New Mexico State's been a cover beast this year. No, they have been. And plus, I have, you know, coming off last week, so I could see Arkansas kind of taking this one, you know. They've got bigger games ahead. It's like, uh, it's, it's like uh, Barton, your Eastern Michigan play. You are a... Uh... You you are you're a ballsy young man. <laughs> I just I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just saying I this is the second time you guys have thrown out locks with New Mexico State involved and and I just gotta sit back and say best of luck to you. I, hey, we're you gotta, one to know on them so far. Yeah, dude. I thought you lost the last New Mexico State one. I thought you had New Mexico in the New Mexico State New Mexico game. I thought I took the over. I don't remember. Maybe right. I, all I know is is I I admire two of you for for having faith. In, are they the Lobos? No, they're the Aggies. Oh, they're the Aggies. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Just Over here, my Lomax. Disrespect for New Mexico State, right here. <laughs> um. Hey, does anybody have a good uh, Florida Vandy read? Under. 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 Yeah. Yeah, don't bet. Whatever the number is, under. <laughs> I kind of like Malik Davis. He's a good player. Yeah, this I'm Luke Del Rio, very average, but the other pieces around him, I could, I could see some body blow effect for Vanderbilt here. I like the under, like you said. I don't know. The thing about the that that Vandy. Alabama game was it was it was so ugly so nasty so 
such a bloodbath that I think Vanderbilt didn't even they didn't even put up much resistance. Like they're not going to come in here beat up from that game. I, maybe they will, but I I envision them being a little bit like, all right, let's get a reset. Let's they got humbled a little bit, and uh, and, and perhaps they can regroup and and pull an upset in the swamp. Like I, that wouldn't shock me if Vandy won this game, but it also wouldn't shock me if Flor if this is Florida's get right game and they win by seventeen. So. Uh, yeah, I don't have a great feel on this one, but it's it's intriguing. Over under a forty two. Under. Yeah, I'm not playing any overs. <laughs> That's living life on the edge. You're just hoping for nothing but hail marys when you're when you've got uh when you're playing in any over in an SEC East game. I, I honestly felt like the under was already safe in any Florida game, and then McElwain went and gave Del Rio the starting job, so now I feel like unders are really safe. <laughs> um, let's see. Any let's, Wisconsin, Northwestern? Eee. I lean Northwestern, but I don't have a great – it's at 14 and a half. We picked it at 14 and a half. Yeah, it, it might have come down a bit since then or gone up. Who knows? I just – I, I like Northwestern to cover in that game. I don't have a great feeling about it, but I'm basing it simply off the fact that while Wisconsin has looked excellent to start the season, it's played, you know, FAU, Utah State, and BYU. This is going to be the toughest test it's faced to this point, but it's also a very good team that could end up steamrolling Northwestern. So I lean to take take the two touchdowns, but I don't have a great read on it. Yeah, I think Northwestern is one of those teams that can look so bad and then you look up and they're and they're beating a top ten team and and I think that they're gonna have whether it's this week or next week when they host Penn State at 11 a.m. Central Time, one of those two games they're gonna scare a, a top top ten team and um, so I'm I, I picked Northwestern to cover this one as well and I'm a you know it's there's a little anti-public line movement there though in Wisconsin's favor. So that's just a, a word of warning, but I kind of, you guys know I've had a Northwestern itch all year. I'm going to keep on scratching it until they, <laughs> until, they until they screw me. Um, Penn State going to blow out Indiana? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like that one. I took Penn State in the, uh, laying the points, but I don't, I don't feel great. I think Indiana's a pretty good football team. Penn State hasn't covered against a Power 5 opponent. Mm. I mean, they've only, mm. played, they've only played twice, so it's not. Yeah, I was going to say, it's two games. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else looked interesting here. So I, I, I want to go back to the weeknight games. Because uh, okay. tonight, Thursday night, Ames, Iowa, Texas goes to Iowa State as a five-and-a-half to six-point favorite, depending on where you're looking. And Chip, we talked about this in like our win totals pre preseason show. This this feels like a great opportunity for an Iowa State upset. Mm-hmm. Agree. Uh, I, I I think that this is going to be a I think this is going to be a really good football game. I think it's going to be a really good atmosphere, and I would be I'd be tempted to uh, to take the Cyclones here. Uh, catching almost a touchdown. It's down to four and a half now, actually. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Well, there you go. I liked it a lot more when it was at six. Do you know what I love uh, in this game? 
is under 62 and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like this could be a point fest, to be honest with you. What about the uh, Moneyline play, Iowa State plus 170? It's enticing. It is enticing. It's, it's an enticing line. Uh, yeah, it's... This is going to be. I think this is going to be a lot. Of, I think most people will see Texas Iowa State as the game tonight. And be like, Ugh. I think this is going to be a lot better game than a lot of people expect. This is going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun back and forth kind of exciting game. And if it, at four and a half, I, I have more difficulty taking Iowa State than I did when it was at six earlier this week. But I think this is going to be could be end up just end up being one of the better games of the weekend. Period. One of my all time just like put it in the in the manual guidelines is bet the home underdog on a weeknight and some there's some there's some exceptions to that you know like i'm not going to i'm not going to get super hype about the the mac home dog or or you know the spot where the atmosphere is going to be going to be pretty weak but there's there's it with texas going to Iowa State, Miami going to Duke, Nebraska going to Illinois on Friday night, USC going to Washington State. Those are four home weeknight dogs that could win outright. And uh, I, I, I don't know. Principal plays, yeah. You got to make the principal play. Just play, maybe play four money lines and uh, and and have have fun with it. But that, there's gonna be there's gonna be some upsets before we get to Saturday. I like it. I like it. All right, anyone got any other uh, picks, calls, or interesting lines you want to get on the record? I'll turn this uh, around. I'll try to no, go ahead. Turn this around quickly so that we can get these Thursday takes out to the people. I like San Diego State minus twelve and a half against Northern Illinois. I think that line is incredibly small. I also like Notre Dame minus 23 and a half against Miami of Ohio. I just think that they're probably going to get running all over them. Um, so just a couple of the there's there's several anti-public lines that I want to that I want to toss out there. Miami, Wisconsin, Texas State, FAU, who's a favorite over who over who are they favored over? Over MTSU, not a bad MTSU team. FAU is a favorite over there. With right now, what I'm seeing is 98% of the public on MTSU, and the lines move from one uh, Florida Atlantic of one point favorite to a three point favorite. Uh, so that's interesting. New Mexico is a favorite over Air Force. Uh, went from a pick to a to a one point favorite, despite heavy public on Air Force. Mm. And Texas Tech was another one that's got a little bit. Of funky action, um, that one moved from eleven to nine and a half with almost everybody on Oklahoma State. So, a uh, couple of just if you want to, if you want to, you know, take a closer look at those games: Miami, Wisconsin, Texas State, FAU, New Mexico, and Texas Tech are a lot of a lot of anti-public movement this week. Love it gets weird. Love it gets weird. Maybe that maybe they they. Uh... I mean, Texas Tech's defense is better this year. They seem to be. I don't know that I buy that yet. Well, we'll they see. They give up 45 to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> he is Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow him over there at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast because subscribers get them first. Gentlemen, best of luck. Worst of luck. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Yo.